Hi, and welcome to the Farm Grown Podcast, a podcast that teaches Africa-based lawyers and business development professionals how to grow three very important things, profitability, visibility, and productivity. I'm your host, Olivia Kiratu, lawyer and business development coach, and I'm so excited that you're here. If you're ready to grow your practice, let's go. In this episode, I want to talk about personal branding in a digital age, what lawyers need to know. I've been having lots of conversations in the last two years since I started my business about digital marketing and how it has changed how law firms market themselves. But the conversation I want to start up today is how it has changed how individual lawyers market themselves and how they build their reputations. I always love to start my episodes with a great quote, and I found this one by social media expert, author, and entrepreneur, Gary Vee. And the quote is, it's important to build a personal brand because it's the only thing you're going to have. Your reputation online and in the new business world is pretty much the game. So you've got to be a good person. You can't hide anything. And more importantly, you've got to be out there at some level. I think that quote is so good that if I, you know, wrapped up this episode, <laughs> we would be good because there's so much insight in just that one quote. So the game has definitely changed. The internet and digital marketing has changed so many spheres and legal marketing has not been left untouched. But one thing that I often am very concerned about is how we as individual African lawyers are using these tools or not using these tools to take advantage of you know, this new wave of digital marketing. And so I believe, at least in my own experience from when I joined, um, when I started working as a business development expert, I have seen so many changes in how lawyers market themselves. And some of my observations are what I'm going to share in this podcast episode. So number one is the internet does not forget. I don't mean to scare you, but this is the truth. And here I want to ask a question. Have you ever Googled yourself? Yes, you heard me right. Have you ever Googled yourself? So I Google myself and I don't do it for any reasons in regard to vanity or anything like that. No, I Google myself as part of proactively managing my personal brand. And here's the thing. I also do it for my personal coaching clients. And even when I'm working with a firm as at a corporate level, I always love to Google, especially partners, to know what's out there. And then I'm able to know, okay, how do I manage this person's brand or how do I advise them to manage their personal brands? So it's very important in this day and age to know what do people find when they go to the internet? Because by default, that's where people go. And so Google yourself. True story, a few months ago, just before I launched my new and improved website, www.farmgrown.com, I decided to Google myself before I told the world about what I was doing, because I knew that after my big announcement on LinkedIn, that there would be, you know, a flurry of... Um, there would be a flurry of excitement around the new site, given that I had a large email list. And I just thought I need to just be sure that when people start looking for my name or people are referred to me, I, that I know what comes up in terms of, you know, search results. And so I Googled myself 
And I also found some stuff that I didn't want out there. For instance, I'm an active Pinterest user and I'm very keen on fashion and interior decor. And I found that some of my Pinterest boards, I think I had, you know, by mistake, omitted to make them private. And so they were public. And so in some instances, if you search my name, Olivia Kiratu, what you would find were things related to you know, my personal interests in fashion and interior decor. And so I'm actually now in the process of cleaning up my personal profile and just adjusting my different board settings because I realize there are people who are professionals, l- lawyers in other African countries. And when they search for Olivia Kiratu, they don't want to know about my interest in Ankara, for instance. They're keen to know me as a professional. So Especially the line of, for instance, other social media accounts vis-a-vis the professional accounts that you use. So, for instance, if you use tools like LinkedIn and Twitter and you have other things that you post on Facebook, you might want to you know, check what's out there on Facebook, what's out there in the world and just you know, go back. I'll, by the way, this is something that I feel <laughs> younger lawyers need to address because sometimes before I find many younger lawyers before they join private practice, and it's okay to have a life. I just think that before then you go or as you're going into formal employment and you're working as an associate or as a pupil, it's good for you to just do an audit and clean up. If there's anything that, you know, your current clients or your current colleagues, you know, would find distasteful or offensive or that would affect your credibility, it would be a good time now to, you know, to edit it before you go full on with networking and, you know, being active on platforms such as LinkedIn and Twitter and the rest of them. So the internet does not forget. And so if there's anything unsavory and unprofessional, you know, be proactive about cleaning it up, but also be proactive about what you put out there. So start creating a filter. What do I put on Facebook? What do I put on Now that you have this awareness that the internet does not forget, I actually recommend that at an individual level, everyone should have a social media policy. And if you've not listened to an episode I did on this, I talked about it in a previous episode called Behind the Scenes, a look at my personal LinkedIn strategy, where I talk about the fact that I have a social media policy at an individual. And I know it's common practice for corporates to have a social media policy, but I think Everyone in this day and age needs a social media policy. It doesn't have to be written down. It doesn't have to be complicated or technical, nothing like that. All you need to just say is, you know, what type of reputation do I want to have out there? In the next 10, 15 years, you know, where do I want to be and what will my reputation say about me? And so then you begin to edit yourself. You know, you we've had instances and you, you must have had, you know, these very sad stories about, you know, people whose, you know, photos, um, you know, not unsavory photos or photos of them caught in a compromising situation, you know, finding themselves on on social media. And and, and I can't speak on it because I've not been involved and I, I'm not saying that these people are to blame. Sometimes I know it's someone else who's being malicious and leaking some stuff out there. But I'm talking about the stuff that you can control, the stuff that it's not someone else publishing out there, the stuff that you are publishing out there. So give a lot of thought to that. And I'm not saying don't have a life. You can enjoy other things like your music, your sports, you know, your movies. But but definitely be very careful about, you know, what you share where. So another thing is that digital marketing tools like LinkedIn and websites have definitely amplified reach. 
the reach that we have now as um, individual lawyers to market our brands. It used to be, for instance, you may have to go to another city to tell people about, you know, introduce yourself and have face-to-face meetings and explain, hey, I'm Olivia, I'm an energy and infrastructure lawyer. Now, I don't have to hop on a plane to go, for instance, to Lagos to introduce myself to other energy and infrastructure lawyers. You're able to build a community and you're able to build connections with these social media tools from wherever you are. So they've definitely amplified our reach, especially in terms of geographical location. But another thing is also don't think of your audience just being, you know, your 2000 plus or 300 and something followers on Twitter. Actually, you know, the reason something goes viral is people, you share something with your community and the people in your community share it with other people. And so think about it in terms of your audience. Your community is way more than just the followers or, you know, the people who are following you on Twitter or on LinkedIn, your connections, they're way more than that, or your friends on Facebook. So be very cognizant of this when you're sharing something and know that, you know, these tools have amplified the reach. And so someone who's in another location, someone who you've never met personally may have access to seeing your profile or hearing or reading your message or reading your article. It's a great thing. But with it also comes, it's like a double-edged sword because there are also risks involved. So if you do post something, for instance, that's plagiarized, that you've not proofread, that's not credible, that can affect your reputation. You see, the risks are more because your audience is, is, is much larger. So be very careful, again, with what you're putting out there. So with amplified reach comes amplified risk. So just those two R's and how you you navigate your way around them. Now, one little thing in regard to, for instance, editing your typos and you know checking your work, I recommend a tool called Grammarly. It's actually free and you can download it to use it on your desktop. And so you can write your posts like I do on maybe a Microsoft Word document or a Google Docs document and you can edit it there. But you can also download Grammarly and use it as a Chrome extension. This one, I think, is the one also that you can use on Google Docs. But it can also help you edit your text, for instance, on LinkedIn. I don't know if it does it on Twitter, but I know that on LinkedIn, Grammarly will automatically help you edit what you're writing in your post, which has been great for me. So I definitely would recommend that you should be very intentional about what you put out there. Use tools like Grammarly to edit your your content before you share it out there. And a simple rule I always like to say, would you like your mom or your grandmother to read what you're posting? Is it professional? Is it something that you're going to be proud of, um, you know, resharing tomorrow? Yeah, so that can be like your little yardstick of asking yourself, is this something that I want to put out there? Things, for instance, like maintaining client confidentiality are even more important in this day and age with all these tools that we're using. So be very careful before you post content and especially say this to younger lawyers. And it's not that I am, <laughs> I have nothing personal against younger lawyers. I guess I'm just talking from experience and and, and I'm trying to, to caution some of you who may be listening to the podcast. Don't share content if you're not sure, you know, whether you should be sharing it. And if you're a younger lawyer, you may want to check with your supervisor or the partner you work under as to whether it's okay for you to share about, you know, the work that you're currently doing. So always good to check your, to check in terms of maybe client case studies or you're excited that you just finished this big transaction that's, you know, game changing. 
I get it that you're very excited and it would be help you to build your personal brand, but you know, just put the brakes a little and yeah, just make sure that it's okay and there's no risk attached to what you're posting. Now, another thing is if you don't own it, you'll lose it. So I don't know if you've done land law. And for me, I remember in land law, one, you know, one one thing that really struck out that I found so captivating is just, you know, the concept of adverse possession. Let me just try to <laughs> give you a refresher, a land law refresher. But, you know, in adverse possession, someone who does not have legal title, if they enjoy or if they have continuous and uninterrupted use of the land, even if they do not have permission from the person who has, you know, the proper legal title, they can acquire ownership. (laughs) So what I like to say, and especially to all the lawyers or lawyers who are disinterested in social media, and they're telling me, you know, Olivia, I already have work on my desk, and I don't see the need to actually be on social media. What I always say is that if you don't own your story, someone else will. And I've seen this in practice. I've seen senior practitioners who don't even have Facebook accounts or social media accounts, but there are people somewhere who have created social media accounts in their names, and they're posting in the names of these senior lawyers. So if you don't own it, you lose it. So if you don't own your reputation, if you're not telling your story on social media, you better believe someone else will. So just because you're leaving a vacuum in on on you know on the online space or on the internet, thinking that there's nothing out there, you'd be surprised what's out there. And again, it goes back to the point of have you Googled yourself? Do you even understand what's out there in terms of your name? So if you don't own your story, someone else will. And I had this amazing quote by a guy called David Breyer. And he says, if you don't give the market the story to talk about, they will define your brand story for you. So I definitely recommend own your story. You tell your story. Say what you're good at, what the areas that you want to be known for. Take control of your story. And even if you don't post every day, at least even just clean up your LinkedIn profile and make sure, you know, the names that are on your LinkedIn profile, for instance, are the same names on your business card. You are you 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 update where you work. Just simple things so that when people look for you, they're able to you know you're giving at least an accurate representation of who you really are and who you want to be known for. And I think this is especially important for those people who are practicing in jurisdictions where, for instance, law firms are not allowed to have websites. And if you do have alternate like individual social media profiles, then it's a really good idea for you to own your story and be very strategic and very clear about who you are and what you practice in. So don't leave a vacuum. If if there's room for you to own even, you know, a little bit of your story and tell it, and it doesn't mean that you have to be on all social media profiles. I'm not saying that at all. All I'm saying is just be proactive about it and be cognizant of the fact that just because you're not saying something about yourself, it doesn't mean other people are not saying something about you. The next thing I want to talk about is authenticity. Now, these digital marketing tools have definitely humanized communication. Now, just because we're doing it behind devices like smartphones and on our laptops and our tablets doesn't mean that, you know, People don't want to know that there's another human, you know, on the other side. And there's been this great debate, at least in my world, in, you know, managing an online business. There's been this debate on whether people want you should have a super styled, you know, social media account where you schedule everything. Actually, 
I'm inclined to believe you should have a social media presence where you show people who you are, your personality, and you remind people that you're a person. Because people don't do business with other businesses. People do business with the people in those other businesses. So definitely be authentic with your social media profile. Now, being authentic doesn't mean that you should be too personal and share things that are non-professional. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that your superpower is your personality. So for instance, if you're generous, if you're into charity, if you are, you know, someone who's a leader and you've been a strong leader even from your days in university and leadership is important to you, humanize it. If you're a mom, for instance, and, you know, that's a big part of who you are, it's not a bad idea for you to share anything, you know, that converges with your professional career and your and your motherhood journey. For instance, by the way, a few years ago, I wrote a Mother's Day article. It's actually the only article I've written on LinkedIn. I prefer video, by the way. But I wrote an article on my that the best job in the world for me has been becoming just being a mom. And I've been surprised at how many people have commented and liked that story. And to me, it's like an evergreen piece of content. Even years after I wrote it, it's a piece of content that seems to draw people to me and what I am. Um, a mom, um, ambitious, you know, African woman who's a professional and, you know, who's who's just happy to to embrace everything that I am, you know, in and out of the boardroom. So humanize your message. A good example of someone who I can, you know, point you to who I feel is being very authentic and very honest is Jennifer Baluto. So Jennifer Baluto is a partner at Clifford Chance, and if you've never heard of her, I highly recommend you follow her. And I've been following Jennifer. And, you know, some time back, she shared the story about the way she's raising money for a charitable cause. And for me, it was so refreshing. I mean, this is someone who's partner at Clifford Chance. But for me, just seeing her personal side, you know, seeing her passion, seeing, you know, photos of her outside the office, you know, in, in, in like an outdoor setting, talking about what she's trying to do in terms of raising money. You know, those little, just those little glimpses into who she is and just made me feel like an emotional connection with her. And so, and I think that's what people want. And even in my own journey, I feel that I'm drawn to people, for instance, I met at networking events or even people I've connected with on LinkedIn who I'm able to have that emotional connection with just because they're authentic. Another, I think another professional that I've been loving of late is a Nigerian uh, lawyer called Busola. Busola, I, I follow her. And, and since we connected on LinkedIn, we've actually taken it offline and we've been communicating. But one thing that I found we have in common is we're, we're very passionate around helping African lawyers that, you know, private practice is a business and you need to th think have an entrepreneurial approach to it. But one other thing that Busola and I realized just by a from a post she shared is that she once had a, ran a catering business and I have a passion for cooking. So it's so funny that I think part of the reason we were able to really connect very fast is when she shared this thing that I actually ran a catering business. And I, I wrote back and I commented on the post and I said, interesting, I actually love to cook. And so we're in talking about private practice. We're in talking about the fact that we're both African lawyers. 
but just that cooking, I think, added an extra element of something we do away from private practice, something we both have, you know, a strong passion for. So, so be authentic. Um, share something that is not too impersonal, but gives a reflection and a flavor, basically. Some gives you some type of personality. I'll give another example that recently I was talking about the fact that I am a huge Avengers fan. <laughs> If I've not trained you, uh, you 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 may not realize um, just how much of an Avengers fan I am. But just take my word for it. I'm a big Avengers fan. And so recently I was sharing Avengers Endgame has been big this year, just the hype around it. And for me personally, in my business, being a productivity expert, I have this thing that when I reach a big business goal, I, I treat myself to something. And so before I launched this podcast, I shared the fact that on a Friday, that I'm looking forward to watch Avengers. And I'm one of the few people who, you know, weeks after the the movie had launched, had not gone to see it yet. But I said, you know, I'm, I'm waiting to go see it. And I shared an article about, you know, business and management lessons we could learn from, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it. I don't remember the exact story title that I reshared, but I found this amazing article about, you know, management and business lessons we could learn from, you know, the Avengers Endgame. And I shared it on a Friday and I mixed it up talking about my love for Avengers, the fact that I'm going to reward myself. And I just took advantage of the hype that was going around it. it. It was it was personal. It was authentic, but it was not by me sharing something that's related to management and business. It made it professional and suitable for, you know, the connections that I have on LinkedIn. Now, what does this mean about being authentic and, you know, using these tools and realizing that we need to humanize our communication? One thing is you can't hide behind your company page and your law firm website. No, you can't. And I see a lot of older lawyers making this mistake where they are not posting, they are not sharing anything from their own personal profiles. And they're beginning to think that they think that just because their firm has a company page, it's enough. I've seen that, you know, the demo in that in terms of that demographic, older lawyers who are now embracing LinkedIn, you know, a managing partner who's not just talking about a press release on the website, but sharing and giving glimpses of how his practice is, you know, maybe him with younger lawyers. I'm just giving an example here. It's not something specific that I've seen done, but these older lawyers who are embracing LinkedIn to humanize their communication and to to be seen as personable and approachable, I think are the people who are really going to see their brands amplified in the next few years. So I really recommend if you're an older lawyer and you think it's unnecessary, please, actually it isn't. You really do need to think of using these digital marketing tools to to be more approachable, to show who you are as a person, to give some flavor. So stop hiding behind your company page and your com- and, and your firm website. Now, another thing you need to know in this new digital marketing age is d- data is very important. So what do I mean by, you know, data anal- data analytics? So with this new digital marketing age, for you to be able to really be very strategic, you need to know, you know, who your audience is, for instance, what the best time to post is, what content should go where. So information is power. And I know you've heard it said before. So what do I mean by data analytics? For instance, measuring your engagement, your impressions, metrics like how many people are viewing your profile, how many followers and connections have. So always, it's kind of like checking your temperature. Um, If you have children, you know, checking how much they've grown. So think about it that it's not so much about posting, 
it's not so much about just sharing content. It's also good to measure what you're doing. So measurement is is going to be what will help you to be more strategic to keep, you know, tweaking your digital marketing strategy. So as you're building your personal brand, be be very clear about what metrics am I measuring? Is it that at the end of every... Another thing that you need to know is that these digital marketing tools that we're talking about on this episode are not just for you to build your audience. They'll also help you to, you know, get more data about your clients, for instance. Did you know, for instance, you can use LinkedIn to follow companies that you're interested in? So those could be prospective companies, or maybe it's regional firms that you tend to share referrals with, or maybe it's international firms that you've been working with or are interested to work with. So data and analytics are a key part of personal branding, and you will you you can use this data and analytics to be more intentional and strategic with your messaging and even with your positioning and knowing what your audience wants and or what your audience is is up to. For instance, industry news. So the next thing you need to know is that in this age of digital marketing, you can't just post something and then, you know, go underground for like three to two years. Consistency is key. Consistency is key in the sense that to build a strong Twitter following, to build a strong LinkedIn following, and even a Facebook following, it's more than just about just having a profile. For you to really see the benefits of building a personal brand using these tools, you need to be consistent. So one thing I personally advocate for is something I call monotasking. Again, it's something I've discussed in another podcast episode called Behind the Scenes, A Look at My Personal LinkedIn Strategy. But essentially, what I, I my own philosophy is that you, Choose one tool, build it, and you know, build a very strong following and have a very strong personal brand there before you go to another brand. So don't spread yourself too thin if you're already overwhelmed with other demands like running your practice, client work. If you're very good on Twitter, I'm not too good on Twitter, but I realize I'm really good on LinkedIn. So choose one tool and you know, and just lay it and 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 do a very good job on that tool. Another thing is, I always say that, for instance, have a a social media routine or a digital media routine. For instance, maybe it could be once a month, you always update your website CV. If you have a business development department, then send them some new matters you want to have added there or just ask them to make an edit here and there. Once a year, just make sure that everything on that CV is up to date. But for instance, on a tool like LinkedIn, I always recommend you take maybe five daily actions every day. Uh, one action, for instance, is just checking your LinkedIn inbox, you know, checking LinkedIn notifications and sending personalized messages to people who have work anniversaries and birthdays and that kind of thing. Another would be share something or engage with other people's content. Another action could also be actually not replying to other messages. So in, in addition to checking your messaging inbox, replying to messages that you get on LinkedIn. So Another one final thing you want to know about building your personal brand in a digital age is you've got to be conversational. You've got to talk with people and not at people. So when you're even writing your profiles, apart from your web CV, which is a CV that you have on your law firm website, try to write in first person and try to be conversational when you're writing it and avoid having someone post something on your behalf. Make it personal. Make it Make it your own content. And when you're writing, talk as if you 
you're not trying to lose that person in legal jargon, but you're trying to to pass a message across, like almost like you're talking to a child. So keep it, keep your messaging simple, keep your writing clear, so that it's easy for people to understand you. And don't use a lot of long-winded ways to say something. You know, just say it and say it in simple, in a simple way. And also be cognizant of you know the word limits that different profiles have. Um, you know, the, the amount of words that you're allowed to use to create a LinkedIn post or the limit of words you can use to create a Twitter post or a Facebook post are different. So I would definitely encourage you to to be aware about, you know, the different word count limit for different tools. So there you have it. Those are just some of my own observations about, you know, what lawyers need to know in terms of personal branding in a digital age. I hope you learned something. If you have a question or a comment, you know, just comment. For instance, if you're listening to this on our podcast on our website, you can comment below. If you want to build your personal brand, I have a free resource that you can use. It's a free download that I have available on my site and right here on the podcast page if you're listening to this on our website. So it's a business development planner template that I use with my coaching clients and it will help you create an easy and achievable plan of action on how to grow your personal brand in the next 30 days. And it covers things even, for instance, like simple and quick things that you can do, for instance, to just level up on your LinkedIn game. So if you want to download that, as I said, if you're listening to this on the website, just look below and you'll see the link to download this free resource. If you're listening to the podcast on Spotify and Anchor and other podcasting platforms, and just go to our site, www.farmgrown.com, and you'll see a link to download the Business Development Planner template on our homepage. Keep growing. Bye.